The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Almost 40 years, Loverboy has been a stalwart of the Canadian music scene. The band was formed in Calgary in 1979 and hits like Turn Me Loose and Working for the Weekend, which, you know, don't we all, uh, have become arena rock staples. The band continues to tour and tonight is in Edmonton at the River Cree. Joining me this afternoon is lead singer Mike Reno. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jaylen. Nice to be here. My goodness, Mike Reno, 40 years in the music business, 40 years this year. Uh, when you look back and you go, holy smokes, four decades, can you, can you believe it's been 40 years? No, I can't. It's hard to believe it's 40 years. It seems like just yesterday we just started writing songs and putting them on the radio. It was a very exciting time at the beginning because you never knew what was going to happen. We just wanted to get to the end of the week and get a case of beer and pick up some girls. You know, that's all we really needed to do. Little did I know we'd have all these hits on the radio and people still playing us and coming to concerts. I'm totally, uh, I feel honored to be in this situation, believe you me. Let's, let's go back uh, a little bit. And I know that there's probably been a lot of reminiscing on this the the 40th anniversary but when you go back to what was it 79 when you and uh paul dean had just met i think that summer and next thing you know you're opening for kiss i mean how did how the hell does that happen i mean usually you hear stories of <laughs> it takes forever you know you're on the road you're doing this but no you and paul meet and next thing you know you're opening for kiss yeah well we had a, an unusual, in, interesting start. We started writing songs that people actually liked right off the bat. Our <laughs> manager, Bruce Allen, he just kind of went, I like these songs, let's, let's do something with these songs. But before we even recorded, like for real, other than demos, um, Kiss were playing in town, and they had a backup band that was playing with them. But the uh, they couldn't get through the border, and that's really how we got the first show. Do you remember um, much of that we show? We hadn't recorded. Nobody ever heard of us, but it didn't matter because it was Kiss, right? And, you know, people come, really come to see Kiss, so the first hour doesn't matter much. You're just all excited. So they threw us in the spot, and we stood up there like deers in the headlights, <laughs> you know, not knowing what to do with ourselves and not knowing how to perform. Nobody had ever heard of us. So it was, it was kind of nervous all the way around. Do you remember much of the show? I don't remember the show at all because I was so nervous. I do remember walking off stage. I think Bruce Allen said to me, if you're going to play that tambourine, play it, boy. Don't just hold on to it. You know, one of those kind of things. Did you, did you get a case of beer? Did you get a girl at the end of the night? That's the other question. I think we did. I think that was a good start to our career because that was kind of what we were shooting for. Um, you know, it's. Um, I was, I was uh, reading some stuff over the past couple of days getting ready for this interview, and, and one reviewer had recently said... Uh, to this day, the band uh, that Loverboy hasn't lost a step. It is still incredible after all of these years. Um, what is it that keeps you still incredible after all of these years, Mike? Well, I can tell you one thing. The band is fabulous. The, the, the top notch. We've been together all these years. Everybody plays so well. It's an honor to sing in front of them. Um, and you know, to be the singer in this band is really a treat. They play so well. It sounds great. We've got a great sound man, a great crew. And the audience loves these songs. And mm -hmm. we give them the same songs that we did the same way 
and we're now getting pretty good at it after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> and you've probably been asked this question a thousand times, and I, I, I feel bad for asking it again, but I'm going to, Mike, because... Um, Does it have anything to do with the red leather pants? It does not, but my husband had asked me if you still have them. Yes, I have them. And Halloween's coming, so you never know what you're going to get. I, I stopped being able to get into my leather pants in the 90s. At least you still have yours. Exactly. Well, my son borrows them every Halloween and wears them to parties going as Mike Reno. <laughs> One of the things you, you talked about uh, playing these songs um, that uh, that made the band famous, that are still a staple on uh, on rock radio uh, across the country, across North America. Um, <clears throat> when you're playing them and um, you're seeing the reaction still from the crowd, I mean, does it, does it get old to you? ever playing you know turn me loose one more time or whatever it is whatever tune that it is playing it over and over again do you know what when i walk on stage just before i go on stage for like the uh, the hour before the, this concert I'm, i feel kind of nauseous i feel kind of ill Still. and i don't know why i guess it's nerves but as soon as i hit the stage i'm in this trance for a couple hours and that trance equates into living the dream that I've always wanted and I, I give it everything I've got and the crowd sings back loud and the crowd knows the words so I give it as hard as I can the crowd gives it back as hard as they can so this it's a beautiful situation really I always thought that that must be one of the most incredible feelings in the world is is being on stage in front of a, a an adoring audience who knows your music who know who knows really your your life's work of of music and in hearing them um, um, you know, just kind of giving it all back to you. It just must be an incredible feeling, Mike. It really is. That's kind of what keeps us going. We have, um, let's see, we've done about 85 shows this year. Wow. We're coming up to your neck of the woods, and we're playing a couple of shows, one in Edmonton, mm -hmm. up at the Grand Cree, uh, River Cree, rather, and then one in Grand Prairie, which is also great because there's a lot of good, hardworking guys up there mm -hmm. and girls that, uh, you know, they're kind of isolated a bit. So we're going to give them a concert. And then we get a few months off so we can sit back and relax and recharge our batteries. Yeah, you know, the fact that you're touring still as, as much as you are, that you're still on the road, how has that changed for you over 40 years? Well, in the beginning, there was a lot of pressure to be Mr. Perfect and Wonderful and record companies breathing down your necks. We do radio all day. We do in-store meetings where people would come and you'd sign a record and whatever. And then we would do like TV shows, like we do American Bandstand, mm -hmm. Solid Gold, In Concert, all these things. We were always doing something and we played over 200 shows every year wow. for many years. And that's the difference. Now we do about 80, 85 shows a year, and we we, we don't have a record company breathing down our necks. <laughs> we've kind of set, the system is, we've got a whole bunch of hit songs, and everybody wants to hear them. We know what we're doing, and we really enjoy ourselves more now than we did then, to be honest with you. Mike Reno joining me this afternoon. Uh, you talked about pressure at the beginning, um, and, and pressure maybe during the career. When was the most pressure did you find? I think after the first album, the pressure to put out a second album, um, maybe I should I preface that. Every time we finished an album, okay. you basically put the album on the desk mm -hmm. and then you go, oh my God, I got to come up with another one. That's the pressure that I felt that, that was so hard because, you know, it's hard to top yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. It's hard to give yourself 
you know, a whole bunch of more hits every time. You know, we were pretty lucky to do it. And then it just got a little much, and we started doing, um, you know, more touring. And, and But it was perfect for what it was. But the pressure came from the, I think, I would say from the record companies. They really wanted to. to and if you did it right, they took all the credit. And if you did it wrong, they blamed us. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, um, uh, of course, uh, a couple of tunes that you did for some film soundtracks. Was that a completely different experience than just doing a tune for for an album? And, and would you do more of them? We had a kick doing the, the when I remember doing... Um, Almost Paradise. Yeah. They asked me to pick anybody I wanted to sing mm. this with because it was a duet. And I immediately picked Anne Wilson from mm. Hart because I don't know if people realize this, but Hart lived in Vancouver for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And it was the, during the times when me and my friends were all going to going to the pub to watch them. And, <laughs> and uh, they used to be a Led Zeppelin copy band, and they were awesome. And then they started writing their own songs, so um, they became very big. And I always looked up to them. So when I had an opportunity to pick whoever I wanted, I picked Ann Wilson. And it was a pleasure to do it. We just sang it once. Just same once. microphone, looking at each other. <laughs> and it was in the middle of winter in Chicago. And I remember the uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. But we haven't sung it since then, which is, which is kind of strange. I figured we probably would have sung it somewhere together after that. But it just hasn't happened, so now I have something to look forward to. You had, uh, you did put out a couple uh, singles, what, in 2016, 2017. Is there talk by chance for your fans of another full, complete album? You know what? We're always talking about it. And... If we decide to do it, we're going to go in the studio and cut it together. A lot of people nowadays are cutting songs in separate cities and mm-hmm. emailing parts around. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that because um, the energy that comes on the Loverboy track is when everybody's looking at each other and we're, and we're grinding and we're playing and we're pushing and we're pulling. And so if we decide to do another record, first, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> and secondly... We're going to all be together, and it's going to be a riot. You've been working with uh, with Paul Dean now for, what, more than 40 years. That is an incredible friendship. But having a friendship and then working together as well can be a huge challenge. Tell us about that friendship and, and what makes it work. Well, I think right from the start, Paul and I uh, immediately just liked what each other did. Uh, we have this little kind of... I do it this way, he does it that way. He goes, oh, I like that better. And then I go, I, I like that too. And then we kind of put it together that way. I think because we're different kinds of people, I'm super positive. He's not negative or anything, but he's really, he, he likes to think about it, think it, think it, think it through. And I just pop up with stuff, like immediately I just say stuff. And he goes, oh, that's better, that's better. And I think after all these years, that relationship, has, I guess it has proven itself to work. It's a very comfortable relationship. We like each other. We respect each other. And uh, we have been together for 42 years because it took us two years to get the band together. Mike, I need to take a break here when we come back. I want to find out what is on the band's to-do list after 40 years in the biz. Talking with Mike Reno, lead singer of Loverboy, playing tonight at the River Cree. Mike, got to ask you, your voice still sounding great after all these years. How have you managed that one? Well, I don't talk much during the day. Um, <laughs> Sorry about this interview, I'm, then. I'm kind of a, <laughs> no, I'm kind of a quiet guy. But it, it, 
and then and I think you'll find that with a lot of singers, um, especially singers that really have to dig deep, is they stay quiet most of the day and then they save it for the night. Yeah. And that's the way I do it. And I've got to be honest with you, lately, in the last few years, I've been uh, studying a few vocal exercises, way more than I used to. Okay. You know, back in the old days, it used to be a cigarette and a beer. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> I don't smoke and don't drink that much, but there would be no drinking or at all during mm -hmm. the day of mm -hmm. any, any show ever, or maybe a, cel a, a, a celebration after the show if it was a wonderful show, a glass of wine or something. But, you know, you just tend to fall back into a little more of a... You just be, you know, you kind of behave yourself a little bit better. We're not teenagers anymore. And I do vocal warm-ups, which I never used to do. Huh. And people are going, you're doing vocal warm-ups. You, know, you never used to do that. I go, I know, I know. But it helps me now. And so I'll spend 40 minutes just warming my voice up, doing these technical uh, runs and things, that, drills that you do. And that really has been helping me over the last few years. But, um, I appreciate that you like my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, when, when, you're not, uh, when you're not performing, when you're not touring, when you're at home, what, what are you doing? What, what do you do to enjoy the day? What blows up your skirt these days? Well, I like sports cars. Okay. As uh, my wife would tell you, I got about four or five of them. Well, in this country, <laughs> uh, I move around a little bit, and I love the sports cars. I'm a kind of a Porsche guy. Okay. And um, what I love uh, is I love boating, mm -hmm. um, and I, I love golfing. You know, mm. I'm kind of a pretty a normal guy when it comes to off the stage. People would say, like yesterday, I went went out with some friends. They happened to be from Vancouver, and we all went golfing. It was wonderful. Nice. So, um, well, who do you think? Is I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who do you think is putting out some uh, great music right now, some music that you're loving? Wow, there's a question for you. Mm. I'm going to say One Republic. Oh, wow, okay. I love those guys. Okay. You know what? They just keep bringing that hit after hit. That guy can write songs, man. Um, he's one of those guys that I just can't get enough of. But some of my classic guys, too, like Cheap Trick are always putting out mm. great albums. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know what the funny thing about putting out new music nowadays is that it never seems to make the radio mm. because of the formats that are all going. Everybody's following the formats. And you can't play a classic song unless it's 25 years old or yeah, something, right? Yeah, So... You know, you get a Cheap Trick album that would be like my favorite record, one of their new ones. And uh, ZZ Top are the same. Mm. But they never hit the radio, but they're still good friends of mine and they're good good albums of mine. Is there anything, looking back over the past uh, 40 years in, in looking, is there anything that you still want to do that you haven't done yet? I'd really like to play that concert they do in San Francisco every year to help uh, help the children. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even remember what it's called mm -hmm. anymore. It's... Um, Neil Young does it every year, and uh, they get Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yes. They get together. They do it. I'd love to be part of that. I, I like to do charity work. Mm -hmm. I think that's. I'd like to do more of it. Is there anything looking back that you wish you hadn't done? Uh, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I can name a few a few of their names. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I hadn't done? Oh, there's a few things I wish I hadn't done. Jumping out of an airplane with a parachute on my back, I wish I hadn't done that. Mm. There's something I won't do ever again. Mm. Uh, I like to get in the plane, not on the plane. You know what I mean? I'll, uh, I'll agree with you on that one. My final question for you is, do, do you talk about a retirement? Or are you just going to keep doing this as long as you can because you love it so much? Well, funny you should ask, because this morning I just went through a, a concept we're doing for uh, putting together a tour in Australia.
Australia and New Zealand <laughs> for next uh, next year. On top of the probably 85 shows we'll do in North America. Um, last year we went to uh, England. We played a show there. We played uh, some shows there, rather. And it was just neat to see people from other countries. When, when we played in England, people came f over from all over Europe to see us because they said, we haven't seen you in so long. Mm. So then I, I booked a tour in Germany, and it went very, very well. So... I can't see, see myself slowing down in the next few years anyways. Mike, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, it's really been a treat talking to you. I appreciate it. Mike Reno, lover boy, playing at River Cree tonight and in Grand Prairie tomorrow. I don't have tickets for them tonight, but I do have tickets for Fleetwood Mac coming up. Stick around.